Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. We want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at Strict Anonymous on TikTok. Yeah, fucking TikTok. I got to keep up with the times. I'm not 12. I'm way older, but I'm on TikTok. My show is on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> I'm at Strictly Anonymous Confess, I think it is. <laughs> Shit. I'm, it, the link is down below in the description. Uh, I post confessions there. Now, I have a million in my email. If you want to send me a quick one yourself and see it on TikTok and let thousands of people see it too, email me, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. I have enough of them, but if you just want to send me quick ones, I don't have to go looking through my emails for them. Um, if you want to be on the show, I always say it's a call and advice show, but it's really also mainly a show where people call in to talk about their secret, private, naughty lives while remaining totally anonymous. I change everybody's voices. I swear to you, like the, these people's voices sound normal, um, but they're not. These are not the voices. So you could be on and I'll change your voice. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, uh, make sure to, I'm on YouTube, make sure to follow me, uh, not follow me, what do you do on YouTube? Oh yeah, you subscribe to my channel. You can also make sure to like and share my videos and comment on them. I try to get back to every single person who comments on my videos at least within like 24 hours. That's what I set out to do. Sometimes I just have so many, I just can't get to them that quickly, but I eventually do get to them all. So go there, comment on the show. Uh, I also have a Patreon. I have a couple different levels. The lowest level is three bucks. And for $3, you're supporting my show, which I really appreciate. I've been doing it for about six years now. You get these episodes early. You also get a Q&A filled with a lot of interesting scoopage. And you get to ask questions on that you, you, Q&A, and I answer them. Um, if you haven't subscribed to my show on the podcast app that you're listening to my show, that's where most people listen to my show is on a podcast app, whichever one it is. Definitely subscribe to my show as well as give me a review if you can, a five-star review or write a killer review. I love great reviews. Um, what else do I have to say? This is, I'm just going to get into this. I, mean, I might feel like I'm missing something. I don't know what it is. Um, did, oh, did I say if you want to be on the show? Yeah, the, I think I started and I didn't finish it. <laughs> but if you want to be on the show, go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. I'm, I say I'm always looking for callers. I have too many callers now, but, you know, I, I am always looking for them, especially if you have something that I've never heard of or talked to, uh, t- talked about before. Um, so today on the show, I have like an interesting show today because I have two different episodes. I taped, uh, I talked to two people. We, I decided I was going to do like a, where are they now, uh, thing with these episodes, a bunch of episodes and put them together. But they, I wound up talking to them for so long that I was going to do them as separate episodes, but I have too many episodes, too many, and I need to just get them out there. So I'm putting stuff together. This is two different episodes. They are former uh, guests of mine who have been on the show previously. uh, And they called in with an interesting update. The first one is hot. It's Jim, 
or Jay, whatever you, whichever episode you listen to. He's been on a couple times, most of the time as Jim, but he also called in once as Jay. He has a wife that's got a boyfriend. He's fucking really into it. Uh, you could listen to his other episodes. I'll link them in the description below. But on this episode, he talks about, uh, you know, a recent hookup that his wife had with her 17 year boyfriend, not 17 year old. Uh, he, she's been seeing this guy on the side for 17 years, banging him. This guy's married, right? And she just meets up with him every now and then. Uh, they had a COVID hookup and he went into detail of exactly what went down at that hookup, like how it sort of gets set up, what she does to get there, how much he knows about it and, and what they do when they're there. And, and then some other stuff, Jay, Jim, Jay, Jim, Jim. <laughs> It's always interesting because he always just like throws other shit out there. Like we wound up somehow talking about uh, shaving pussy and how he likes to do that to his wife and what a turn on that is. Uh, we talk a lot, though, also about the the psychology behind cuckold, cuckolding and why he likes to do that and whether he really is a cuckold because he doesn't like... He doesn't have that, that whole humiliation aspect to it, but he believes he is a cuckold, but he doesn't like the word cuck. And we just get into that because it's interesting. Um, but he, and he is definitely, like I said, a cuckold. He talks about why he likes it. He loves the fact that his wife sleeps with other people. And uh, we get into all of that, like I said, and just specifically talk about the fact that his wife was meeting up with someone. And then at the end of it, he told me like while we were talking or just recently, he got a, a text from her saying like, hey, the guy's coming in town again. She's going to meet up with him. And he was supposed to, you know, sort of email me after and tell me what happened. Um, and he did. And what happened was the guy's flight got canceled. So they never saw each other again. So that's that. But the story that you're going to hear about their most recent hookup is hot. So listen to that. And then I talked to Jay. Now, Jay was on previously. He his episode was Jay was a total is the is a sex addict. I mean, he really is was a sex addict, right? This is Jay so many years later, a couple of years later, right? Um, and he has totally changed. He's sober, free of his sexual addiction. And we talk about that. I have to say, people who know and listen to my show a lot know that these kinds of calls are my fave because I'm a former addict, right? I quit drinking like 17 years ago. I'm what you would call a sober person. And I think it doesn't matter whether you drank alcohol or you fucked to, you know, run away from your problems. You know, addiction, it doesn't matter what you used as an addict. I think a lot of addicts are the same, right? And we have the same things going on and we talk all about that and that's why these are my favorite conversations because I could totally relate been there done that and he has too he's not somebody that you're going to listen to and he has this problem and he's trying to figure out how to solve it he has solved it he's on the other side he talks about how what he used to do who he used to fuck I mean this guy was like with escorts and strippers and hookers and all that kinds of stuff all behind his wife's back he was able to get out and change himself with his head up high he walked out of like he just like ended his addiction he didn't have to get caught he didn't have to hit rock bottom he talks about why he stopped what he used to do and uh, how he he's been successful at staying stopped as well as like you know how his relationship with his wife changed after he did uh what their sex life was like before what it's like now and how he's got to know his wife better and her fantasies and get her to be more open-minded about the stuff that he likes to do about sex how did he do that he talked to her a lot about her fantasies and got her to open up about that and we get into a lot of details like i said about how that happened how he pushed for that to happen how he got into therapy 
how he found the best therapist. These are my favorite episodes because I think you could really learn a lot from these kind of episodes. If you're an addict, if you know an addict, there's a lot of insight in these kinds of calls for me. If you want to hear a hot story, listen to Jim. If you want to hear... Uh, learn a lot or get motivated or inspired to kick your addiction, listen to Jay. If you're just a person like me who likes to hear people, other people's stories and just curious in general, listen to both. I'll put the timestamps in the uh, description. So if you want to fast forward to one or not or whatever, it'll be there for you. I'll make it easy. But anyway... I'm going to get right back on because it's a long ass episode because it's two episodes. I'm going to be and Jim's first. So I'm going to be right back on with Jim. This is the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Uh, hey, Jim. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast for your Where Are They Now episode. I try and do all of them in January. And uh, I might, it depends on how long we go. I, you know, I might pair you up with somebody. This might be standalone. Let's see what we talk about. Because I have a question for you about cuckolding. You called in. Your name is Jim. You've been, what is your other name? You've been on my show a couple times. I'll put your other right. episodes. I'll put in on YouTube. I'll put links to your other episodes um, okay. underneath the description. But what was the other name? It was Jim and John? I no, I use J once. J, Jim, the, okay, Jim initial, and J, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. just the initial. So I will link to your other episodes. Your la the, the most recent episode you did was all about how you and your wife both have long term, would I say, booty calls relationships with other people. You're a very successful open relationship couple. Is that right? Right to say? And there's the whole that, cuckolding thing that goes. That's down. correct. Yeah. Yes, we're very very committed to one another. Yeah, yeah. But and you're very into having your partner be with other people. Both of you are stimulated by that, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Then that's my question for you at the end. I just want to see like what your opinion is about the whole cuckolding thing because someone asked me that question. But first, I want the update, right? Because you have like an interesting story that happened with your wife. People should listen to your most recent episode because we talked a lot about the fact like, you know, the backstory and all this stuff that she's done up until now. Right. This yes. is what she's done since we last spoke. Now, she is a long-term booty call guy. How long has she been with that guy? Somewhere about 15, 16 years, something like that. 2003, so 17 years. Right. Now, so was she seeing him all through COVID, or was this the first time that she saw him? I'm sorry. I, I didn't hear your question. Yeah. did Was this the first time she's seen him during the pandemic, or was she seeing him the whole time? Yeah, you know, she's been seeing him, but I think it's the first time since the pandemic. I could be wrong about that, but that's what I think anyways. Okay, cool. So what went down and how did it get hooked up? Well, it was around mid-September, I guess. And uh, we hadn't, you know, we hadn't been doing anything because of this damn virus, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so he had uh, texted her one day, you know, he always does that. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a spur of the moment type of thing. And he said, hey, I'm going to be at this airport at such and such a time, I think it was like 8.30 at night, come up and spend the night with me. Well, the thing is, it was like a two and a half, three hour drive from the house. Uh -huh. So she said, okay, I think I can do that. So she talked to me and she said, do you mind if I go? And I said, no, absolutely not. So anyways, there's a million things to get done because she's only, you know, she's got a three hour drive and we're talking like he's going to be there in four hours. So we got to really move. Oh, it wasn't and, even like tomorrow. It was like tonight, right now. It was like yeah, tonight, yeah. yeah. You know, it was like, you know, I think something like, you know, ready. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the way he texted her. So, 
So I said, listen, uh, the car needs gas. Why don't you go get gas and I'll cook you a quick dinner because, you know, I don't want you to drive three hours and then hook up with him and not be able to eat till 12 o'clock tonight or something. Yeah. She needs to, she needs to eat. So she goes out and gets the gas and I, I had already planned on cooking. It was almost, it was started to be prepared. So I threw together this really quick, this meal for her and she (laughs) went to the gas station and as soon as she came back, dinner's ready. So I, I fed her and then, Oh, we got to shave her pussy. So I got to go shave her pussy. To get her ready because <laughs> because he goes nuts if her pussy's not shaved. Because you know? he what? Because so, he what? He, he he insisted her pussy be shaved all the time, which I I like anyway. So and I was a couple of days behind doing it. So you anyway, do it for her all the time. I do. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's part of foreplay. It's absolutely phenomenal. Oh my god! Every time I talk to you, there's something new that you throw in there that I could like talk to for like to you about for like 20 minutes. But you yeah. like doing it. She likes doing it. I mean, what, how did that start? Yeah, how did how we were shaving her pussy? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Uh, when we first hooked up together, she probably had the hairiest bush I've ever seen in my life. Oh my And of god. course, we're brand new together, so I'm not going to say anything bad about you know. I'm not yeah. going to say anything. So I come home from work one day and she goes, I've got a surprise for you. I said, okay. And I had never talked to her about shaving her pussy. Right. And she, she takes her clothes off and her pussy shaved. And she says, do you like it? And my eyes lit up because I love shaved pussies. I, right. I just happen to really like them. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, and it's been shaved ever since. And uh, somehow or another we got into it. I said, would you mind if I did it? And she said, no. And, you know, any girl that trusts you with a razor next to her vagina is a girl that you want to keep forever, you know? Yeah, I, that was literally the first thought when you said, oh, you want me to do it? And I was like, yeah. imagine, I would, it would be very scared that you're going to nick me, that you don't know what you're doing. You know that I would get hurt. <laughs> I've only nicked her, I think, once in all the time that we've been doing it. Right. And so do you normally yeah. do it in the shower? Like, and that's how... No, it- I, I, I get a, a bowl of hot water and she lays down on the bed and I get down, I've got some little like knee pads and I put the knee pads down and I get her all lathered up and I use a, a warm washcloth and I put that on there and get everything nice and soft. And then as soon as I've got everything where I think I need to have it and, you know, uh, then I, then shave I shave away. her and I usually wind up going down on her right afterwards and she loves it. It's, it's really a lot of fun. It, it really is. And, and is I it like, like erotic? Like, is it something that you're turned on by? Oh yeah. Yeah. I really love it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. And, mm-hmm. uh, she loves it too, you know. We call it opening the barbershop. <laughs> it's time to open the barbershop. <laughs> yeah. Oh and she'll God. say sometimes, she'll say, you know, it's like it, the barbershop needs to be open. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I got her all shaved. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, she was nice and fresh and clean, and she threw some sexy stuff together. And uh, he likes to play with toys. So she's got this, like, really big friggin' rubber dildo. How big? Like, Do you know how big it is around? It's at least 12 inches and probably three inches around. I mean, it's really big. Yeah, that's major. Yeah, and he likes to use that on her, you know. Uh-huh. I never do because she's she's tight as hell anyway, so, you know. So how the hell does he get it in? I, You know, I've never watched him do it, so I really don't know. I, he, she gets so damn wet and turned on. Right. It's unbelievable. Right. You know? when, okay. And I guess it just... I guess, you know, if a baby can come out, I guess a dildo can go. Yeah, with, no, you know, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And she likes that, but she doesn't ever push you to do it. She just does it with him. Right? Yeah, he he likes the toy stuff. Yeah, I, and I don't think she's real crazy about it, but 
you know, and she does it through something for, for foreplay for him. And, you know, he has a good time with it and she has a good time with it. So they're both happy, I think. So, so she puts I mean, the I'm, huge toy in her bag. Yes. And then, you know, and then she's, she, uh, loads up the car and she takes off and, uh, I said, text me when you get there. And there was a really lousy uh, weather system coming through. So for about an hour, she's driving through this blinding Florida rainstorm where she can see about <laughs> eight feet in front of her. Yeah. And it's at night. She doesn't know where she's going. So that was kind of tense for her. So yeah, she I can finally imagine. got up there. And of course, his flight is late because of the storm, of the weather, yeah. you know, so she's there and, and I'm, I'm flight because I've got the, uh, flight number i'm flight tracking it so i know it hasn't even left where it's leaving from and i'm trying and i don't want to text her while she's driving so yeah. i wait until she texts me and i said hate to tell you this but you got another hour and a half to wait so uh, so she found the, his hotel where he was going to be and then she pulled into that and then i get this brilliant idea that you know she's always facetiming with him yeah so uh, and i'm turned on i've got a heart on you know so because you I know your girl's going to be with this guy. I mean, that's what's turning yes. you on, right? Uh huh. Yes. So mm -hmm. I get out. I get out the uh, uh, on my phone. I've got an app to to be able to communicate with her video wise. You know? Uh huh. So I I turn that on and I dial her up, and there I am with my heart on, playing with my dick while she's you know, and she, of course she answers the phone and she sees this dick sticking right in her face, <laughs> and I said. You can tell that I'm excited about this. You know? Yeah. And where is she? Is she like able to get into the hotel room? Did he put her name like with the front desk or is she in her car waiting? No, she's in her car waiting. Okay. He, what, what he usually does is he, he, he likes anonymity. Yeah. So he gets to the hotel and then he'll text her room XXX and she just walks through. the. Yeah, the yeah I get it. Mm -hmm. She loves it because it's like she's doing a, a call girl type of thing. Right. Like an escort. Like she's an yeah, escort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's part of her fantasy. So she, she goes up there and then uh, she says that she's going up to, you know, and the next thing I'm going to hear from her is the next morning, you know? Yeah. And so there I am, horny as hell, knowing my wife is getting laid by this guy. Who has the whole night, right? So that's, the, the that turns night. you on the whole night while you're thinking about it, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I had everything I could do. To, she told me don't come. So I have everything I can do not to come. And... Uh, and you, you know, didn't. You listened, right? You're a chastity belt guy, right? Like, I mean, is it chastity? Yes. Is that correct to say? Is, or yes, is that for I, one? Well, yeah. yeah, we chastity haven't played device. with that in a long time. We right. haven't played with it in a long time. But, I mean, but... you like the tease and denial. That's a whole other episode we did, right? I mean, oh, so yes. you're yeah. somebody that could... Because I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, like they would just jerk off or they can't understand how you could stop yourself, right? Considering you're so turned on. Yeah. But there's well, something like... to that for you. You've learned yes, how to master what... it. Yeah, it's like riding a. It's like a surfer riding a wave. You know, mm -hmm. you never want to get off the wave. Yeah. So, so I just laid there, really turned on. Horny. I had to keep my underwear on because I usually sleep naked. You know. Uh huh. And I was afraid that I was going to come all over the sheets <laughs> oh <my laughs> while God. I was sleeping. So, right. you know, I didn't want to mess them up. So I figured I'll just keep my underwear. On. Uh huh. And of course, I sent her a picture of my heart on poking through the underwear. So she got a kick out of that. So. Right. It was a lot of fun. But so what then, goes down? So does she tell you the minute it's over? I mean, like, do you get a, does, is it when she comes home? Does she call you? Well, she'll usually call me and say, you know, I'm on my way home. And yeah. Occasionally she'll text, you know, we had, I'll usually say, did you have a good time? And she says, yes. And I'll tell you about it when I get home. Yeah. You know? 
And then I've got to wait for her to get home before she tells me, which is also part of the anticipation. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's more foreplay for you. So what happened in this situation? Did you text her? Did she text you? She texted me that that she had a good night. Uh, She said he did me again before we left the hotel room. And and she said, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get breakfast. So she found a a McDonald's or someplace that was close by that she could get some takeout because at the time, uh, I'm not sure that all the restaurants were completely open in September. Yeah. I think they started to be, but yeah. she found a quick place where she could get some takeout. She ate in the car. I know that. And then she said she'll, she'll give me uh, more De- details when she gets home. Right. So I had to wait now for three hours. And of course I had something to do that afternoon. So by the time I actually hooked up with her, it was probably four thirty-five o'clock the next day. Oh, the next day. Well, that morning. I mean, oh, she right, stayed right, overnight. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. yeah. But so she, she now, had, do you like the? I'm, I'm sure what adds to the, to it is that she did him in the morning too. So is she coming home like with his jizz inside of her? Like you know? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, because I was out, she, you know, she likes to put on a pair of panties where it, it keeps everything inside. You know, because she likes to smell them all day long. Yeah. And uh, so she had to make a stop on the way way down because you know she had after breakfast you, you know she had to go take care of business and so she wound up having to come home and take a shower and everything else so she was kind of disappointed that you know that everything by that time had been cleaned out but what do you mean she had to take care of business oh she had to go to the bathroom yes oh okay so she had to go to the bathroom uh, so she wipes some stuff away whatever yeah and so right, right okay so yeah, she comes so home would- to you Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Yes. And uh, let's see, what did we do after she came home? Uh, well, what did she tell you is what I want to well, know. Well, they hooked up and of course he, he uh, told her, he, oh, because she was mad at him for, uh, uh, she wasn't mad at him, but you know, yeah, yeah, because she had to, you know, it was a rush job. And then he was late getting to the hotel and everything. She said, I'm going to tell him I'm sitting on his face. Right. And he's usually the kind of take charge guy. So she's, you know, he, he told her that he would do anything for her if she would just drive up and be with him for the night. Yeah. And so she said, yes, I'm going to tell him I'm going to sit on his face. And that's exactly what she did. She wound up sitting on his face. And he actually kind of liked it, I think. It's that smothering thing. Yeah. I've come yeah. across some guys that I, I could tell were into that, you know, or into that. You could kind of tell. It's like yeah. a thing because there's, right? Yeah. Well, I know I love it. So, you know, uh, I love it when a girl sits on my face. I think it's one of the hottest things that can be done. Right. So, and, so, but she was like forcing him. It was like his punishment. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was his punishment for making her 
drop everything at the last minute, you know, with 10 minutes notice, basically, when you think about it, because, you know, if he's, if, if she's got to drive three hours to, to see him and he's going to be, you know, and she's got an hour to get ready and go, that's, that's basically last minute notice. That is really, uh, I guess, the classic definition of a booty call, be ready when I am, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it worked out for everybody, right? So she tells you that she, so she sits on his face. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I, I know she likes sucking dick, so she wound up sucking his dick. Uh-huh. And, uh, let's see. I think she came in her, and uh, as he always does, and she said he didn't last very long this time. You know, he usually can pound away pretty good, but she had him so turned on. Was just about as soon as he got inside, he was coming. And uh, she tried to get him hard again during the course of the night, but he was kind of tired from this long day in his flight so he kind of fell asleep and she wound up falling asleep and then the next morning he kind of rolled over and said something like spread your legs here i come right <laughs> her again yeah so and of course I, getting she holds back a lot of the details i think because it's part of the tease you know yeah so the rest of it i get to imagine on my own what and about then, the toy did they use it uh she said you know i think she said they never did get around to it right so you know, because you know, one thing led to another. A lot of times when he will call her, he'll say he's going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then he doesn't do X, Y, and Z. It's all part of a fantasy that gets blown in the first five minutes that they they hook up. But uh, all right. It's it's still part of his fantasy. So yeah, you know, it's fine. It's still, still a lot of fun. Now, yeah. because she likes these big toys and stuff, I mean, is he does he also happen to be well hung himself or? She, you know, I've never seen him. Uh-huh. Uh, I've seen her second. Uh, guy and he's got an enormous dick and she says that one of them is probably a little bit bigger than the other and they're both huge so right. yes they they both and he's always ta- talking about his big eight inch dick but this you know. guy is now how old is this guy i forget uh he's probably 10 years younger than we are so he's probably uh in his late 50s maybe or early 60s i guess and he is he married i forget that too do you know he or is. Ma- he's, he's, he is he's married yes right and you do know if his wife knows uh his wife does not know right okay we have no, no intention of telling her and this <laughs> has been going on for 17 years but he does the dumbest damn things to you know and it's like how has he not been caught like he'll call her from his house with his wife downstairs and they'll do a phone bone session no, no way. And she, yeah, and he's like, "You got to be really quiet. You got to be really quiet." And then he'll he'll just jack off in front of her, you know, while she's playing with her pussy or something. But he's and like on FaceTime, like he's watching her, so it's not even just like on. The, and that's why he's saying to be quiet because it's not like she. He's just on the phone with her. He's got her like on his video. Yeah. Oh absolutely. gosh. <laughs> and then a couple of weeks so ago, I guess, <laughs> she heard somebody. She heard a female voice calling. And all of a sudden, the, the video went blank, you know. So I guess she called him later and said, did you get busted? But he said, no. Yeah, but don't you think a part, like, don't you think he gets off on the fact that his wife is right downstairs? Like, maybe that's a part of it, don't you think? It, it is, and it's a, it's a part, and, and I don't want to go into his profession, but it's a part of his profession, living on the edge. So, yes, it's all oh, part of Oh, you have me it's, curious. Can you tell yeah, me off all, air what that means? <laughs> 
Yeah, I can't. Okay, okay, cool. Um, so, oh, okay, so he does, yeah, that's definitely, he's doing that with his wife, you know, with an earshot and almost caught, because it's, uh, that probably, like you said, it does add to it for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, he likes living on the edge. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's actually fucked her driving down the street, and, and you know, she sat on his dick while he was driving his car down the street in Miami. You know? Oh, I mean, my God. <laughs> and I said, you should have taken a video. I wanted to see that. You know? Yeah. And she's uh, has she ever taken pictures or videos, or do you like to see it, or is it better to just imagine it for you? She Cause... has not taken any pictures with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except one where he took it, she, she had him take a picture with his hand on her thigh, which I actually asked for. Right. And, uh, but uh, no, he's he's very private. He doesn't want any kind of uh, anything to get out or, or you know. So oh, yeah, that's smart. His, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, for we, sure. We respect his privacy. It could affect his, uh, it could affect his career, not only his marriage. So, And we have no intention of, of screwing with his, his relationship or anything, you know, he's He's going to do what he's going to do. We figure he's a big boy. He knows what he's doing. So. Right. And he knows about you. I mean, he, she's not pretending that she's cheating or right. There's not. He, he knows about me. But to this day, I don't think he really believes it. Oh, right. You know? He might not. But that might he might like that. Yeah. And I, I think he in his mind, I think he would rather think of the fantasy of I don't know anything. You know? Yeah. That he's taking think, your wife. Yeah, I think he really, really gets off on that, and uh, mm-hmm. you know he'll he'll come to the uh, to where we live, and you know because I won't be there, mm-hmm. and he says he wants to fuck her up against my door. <laughs> you know, so there, there's some there's some definite alpha male shit going on there. You know? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about with the whole cuckolding thing. Is like, what's the you know someone asked me on Patreon, like, what is the psychology behind it? And I started to do like a deep dive on Google and like my brain started to hurt, you know, it was like looking at all the different, and I was going to like psychology today, you know, articles, you know, and, and I looked at a, a, a couple different um, articles written about it and they gave a couple different explanations, but what is somebody like you who really has this as a fetish, who really enjoys it? You know, your wife does too. What do you do, think is the psychology behind it? For me, the psychology behind it is just having, knowing that my wife's enjoying sex. Yeah. And uh, that there's, that, that she's not afraid to have another man involved because, you know, there's not a human being that does not look at another human being and say that person's sexy or attractive. Right. And, you know, so why suppress all this stuff? I mean, to, to me, there's no, there's no humiliation. There's no embarrassment. There's no, uh, what I read on the internet, I think is, even from psychologists, I think they don't even understand it. Yeah, right. Well, not. that's what I mean. My brain started to hurt because it was like they were talking about, oh, it's like masochistic and the person that likes that to happen is a masochist, right? Because they're being hurt by that. But I was like, maybe, I mean, because I talked to a lot of people who have this fetish and do it within their relationship. And a lot of times there isn't the humiliation aspect going, right? Uh, though some people, I think, think if it's there isn't the humiliation, it's not cuckolding. But I, I find, and I talk to a lot of people like you who actually do enjoy seeing their partner with somebody else. And, oh, uh, I, I do, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I, I that was one of my the biggest surprises to me when I started my show is the fact that a lot of men feel that way. And I've had a lot of men on my show who told me they never thought they would like it, but it sort of happened and then they did, right? And then there was another, there was one of the websites that they talked about how if someone was cheated on and they sexualize that experience somehow, you know, it, they get wired that way to enjoy, you know, that kind of scenario again. It becomes something hot to them you know I mean you and your wife like both like do you is she just because she likes it too right she likes to hear about you with other women uh she, no, you know not particularly right uh, and, and I'm very rarely ever with another woman so right. I mean if, if she said look I don't want you to see any other women I would be perfectly okay with that right mm -hmm. it's you know as a matter of fact, if if for some reason she and I were ever not together again, and I ever hooked up with another woman, it would she would have to be able to be okay to have sex with other men. Right. Um, it's just something that I really enjoyed. Something that I, it's almost like a drug. I just really kind of need it. But it there's no, there's no embarrassment. There's no humiliation. There's you know, I wish I could tell more people, you know, because they look at you like a dog staring at a clock when you you know if you tell them. Yeah. And, Sometimes I'll tell people, oh, yeah, where's your wife? Oh, she's out with her boyfriend, and they just laugh. And I'm actually <laughs> dead serious, and they don't even believe me, you know? Right, they think you're full of shit. Right, it is. it does sound like a joke. Yeah. Because who would actually say that? Yeah, and it's like, you know, uh, <laughs> I've got a friend of mine that, that lives in another state. As a matter of fact, he's been on your show. Uh -huh. He actually told me about it, and... We have discussions about this all the time, and, and he and I are both of the like same mind. We don't like this internet pornography stuff that you see because it's so unrealistic, and it's just, you know, uh, I, I can't explain it. It's just, uh, and it's something I think has been with me my entire life, it, it, and that I've evolved to understand over the, the course of the years. Like, I, I was never jealous if I had a girlfriend and she was flirting with another guy. You know, it was just... Uh, I don't have a jealous bone on my body. Yeah, that's interesting. And I do think that it tends, I mean, you know, you're the type of guy that you allow her to go, but it's not like you're dying, like you said, to be with other women. You wouldn't even care if you didn't. It's funny. There's a show called 90 Day Fiance, and there's, I love that show. I like any kind of reality TV. <laughs> there's a couple on there whose girl is like very bi, you know, and she likes to bring other women in. And she caught him, and then, you know, he they brought another woman in, and he started to really like that other girl, and it was freaking her out, you know. So she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then she caught him with the other girl, like texting behind her back. And she, and I was like, you know, this, it, it never works. When I talk to couples who are very successful about having open relationships, I typically find the most successful couples to be where the guy is the antithesis of the type of guy you would think is down with that. Do you know what I mean? It's not like the player mentality guy. Like I think, I think, I'm sure there's plenty of guys who are major players that want to fuck tons of women that would love to have an open relationship. But I think that it tends to work in what I see with in relationships with people who are not that way. I'm monogamous by nature, right? But maybe they're into these kinky things, um, but they're really honest and upfront. And, and that's the way that it works. And I think that that is the opposite of what most people would think. Do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, and I agree with you on that. I think that, uh, you know, I think if most people knew me, and that's what I dislike about this, this 
cuckold definition of yeah. internet porn and everything uh-huh. is they think that that men that allow their wives and I don't allow her to do anything she does it yeah 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 that have sex with other men are wimpy if you yeah. knew me and saw me you would know that I am no wimp <laughs> oh right right it's not about you know? that yeah yeah so it's uh I'm the exact antithesis of that I just and it's Enjoy. not a tit for tat either. It's not like, oh, you get to have other se- sex with other people, so I'm going to do it now too. I mean, it's not it's not about that, right? It's, no, and it never was for me. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that I think that, that you know a lot of guys will tell their wives, oh yeah, I want you to have sex with another man because they really want to have sex with another woman. Right. But mm-hmm. there, there's there are those of us that just like if you said, yeah, I'll do that, but I, I'd appreciate it if you didn't have sex with any other girl. I would be down with that. That would be perfectly okay with me. Right. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I think that women that have sex with, with multiple guys, I think they're the hottest women on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as long as they know why they're doing it and, you know, they're having a good time and, you know, they're, they're down with it and they want to have physical fun. Hey, you know, it's no sweat off my nose. There's no such thing as, is a slut in the bad term of the word slut, you know? Right, right. No, listen, guys would be so jealous. I mean, you should listen, people should listen to all your other episodes because like I said in the beginning of this episode when you brought up the shaving thing that you do, I was like every time I talk to you, <laughs> there's something new that comes out, right? We did a whole episode about tease and denial because you're into that. You yeah. you know, you have this whole, I'm going to use the word cuckold situation going on with your wife, you know, and there's just always something new that comes out when we talk and like if people want to hear more about this stuff they should go listen to your other things you know i always feel like you know we could probably i could probably talk to you for another half hour you know with uh, just about this kind of stuff because it is so interesting you know that's when when somebody asked me that question about the cuckolding thing i was like i'm gonna ask you because i know that's what you have even though the humiliation isn't there i still think it's like a cuckolding situation isn't it or uh, no, or is it not? Do you hate that word because... No, I, I don't mind the word cuckold. I don't like the word cuck. Right. Isn't that funny? Yeah, you know, interesting. I, you know, because I feel, you know, the, the, the typical or the old-fashioned definition of cuckold was a man whose wife had sex with other men and he couldn't control her. Right. You know, so so under the strict definition of the word, no, I'm not a cuckold. But yeah. I like to use the word because that's what that's what most people consider it today. And, yeah. you know, I'm very proud to be a couple and I don't, I don't mind that terminology. And, uh, you know, one time she, we were having a girlfriend of hers over for dinner. She's one of the few people that actually know. And, uh, I think her, her, the guy that she's was with that I just told you about, I think he texted her something and she said, Oh, who's that? And, and my wife just looked over and said, that's the guy I coupled him with. And, you know, and her girlfriend kind of looked over at me, and I, I felt very pleased that she actually used that term in front of me. So Right. <laughs> um, and she, she knew that, that my wife was seeing another guy. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just don't think she believed that I knew. <laughs> right, right, right. But, just like that other guy, he, you, like you right. said, you think to this day, it's like too good to be true. There's no way. But there is something right. submissive about that, right? Because you also like the tease and denial. You like her to be with other men, right? I mean, do you consider yeah. yourself submissive? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, in, in, in a lot of ways I do. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's all part of uh, giving up the the normal part of my life is I'm in control and charge of everything. And, yeah, you know, yeah. So it's a good way to not be in control of everything. And I actually like it. It's uh, it's fun. But, but guys that haven't been kept on the edge for a long time, 
don't yeah. know how erotic it can be. It is just absolutely erotic. The tease and, and denial. Uh, yes. yes. People, I really recommend it. I've played that game. We talked about it. You know, <laughs> I understand it because I've, yeah. I've come upon that with guys in my life and when I was having sex. And I, I totally agree. And people, there's we we have a whole episode up where we talk about that. And people should go listen to it because yes. you, sh- you should try it. I called it the halfway in go- game. <laughs> You call it tease and denial. That's how it started for me. And then I realized that. And over the years, I've like, I don't know, I've gotten into situations where I've been like, oh, I'm fooling around with someone, but we're not supposed to do something, do it. So I say no. And we put parameters and boundaries around it. But there's somehow that adds to it. And it's hot. Like I've talked about it before in one of my episodes where it was one guy that I was so horny for. He was really horny for me. But we were like in a very dysfunctional relationship. So we decided like, I'm like, I'm not going to have sex with you. And like one night we literally all our clothes on. Uh, we weren't even allowed to make out, but we just like dry humped and moved <laughs> your body. And let me tell well, you, like the fucking hottest thing ever. Like you could turn well, that into something. If you really get into it and go there and, you know, it's like really super hot because like anyone could fuck. Right. So yeah. what do you do after that? There's like all these other things. And I totally am into tease and denial. It really works. I think anyone would be into it if they tried it and took that time right to do oh, it absolutely. don't you think oh yeah absolutely it's uh i think i think if girls really understood how much power and fun it really was they would they'd all be into it and in a lot of ways they are i mean other yeah. if girls weren't into teasing now there wouldn't be any strip clubs uh, yeah exactly it's a part you know? of it right yeah and if guys weren't into it, they wouldn't be sticking dollar bills in a girl's garter to sit there and, and tease them. And get You're them right. Yeah. So they go home and whack off. You know? Right. Because the girls, we're always saying, like, what's the point? Like, that's so that seems like torture. Right. But there is something to that. It's like. It is. Yeah. And it could yeah. be the appetizer, but it could be the whole fucking course if you really do it the right way. Like, I've done it and that's it. It didn't lead, you know, and it was just like the hottest thing. Yeah. Well, you know, one time, there's nothing hotter. I, I had a chastity device on one time, and I couldn't get out of the damn thing. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to this really, really hot smoking group. And it was just something about knowing that even if she wanted to fuck me, I couldn't do it right now. Right. And I'm, I'm getting hard on in this damn thing, and it's like, it was one of the most erotic nights I ever had. And, of course, she doesn't even know what's going on. But right. just the idea that, uh, you know, that I'm sitting next to this this really hot chick and i and we're flirting but i can't do anything about it you know right. that, mm-hmm. that was that was really hot so yeah i like that yeah people and, should listen because we really get into it on that episode and you really talk about yeah. how to do it you know that's an interesting one the one the last one where you get a really like all the backstory about you know how your you and your wife opened up your relationship how she met that guy i mean there's a lot more details on that this was just the where are they now what are you doing uh, you know my cuckolding i always put the word in because it just gets so many more views like for some reason but like people so many people must be into this fetish i think a lot of people haven't lived it out right yet or but they want to because these kind of episodes are just highly downloaded and very popular um, I, I hear it's the most, it's the biggest trending term for porn searches on the internet. So. Yeah, I throw it in my descriptions and people come on. It's not like I'm beating and switching. I mean, this is what it is and people love the episode, you know. Um, yeah. It's not like I just put it in there and then we're talking about something totally else. I think this is considered cuckolding. 
Uh, yes. A lot of people like it. I think a lot of people, when they listen to you, are super jealous and wish they were yes. you because you have like the ideal situation. And, you know, you're older. You're not in the young. I think the younger generation, I say this all the time, are much more open to things like this and they're more upfront about things that they're into. I mean, you guys were doing this and getting into it when it was way more taboo and when nobody was. So you're like very forward thinking people. Yeah, I, I think so. I mm-hmm. think we were. We weren't the ahead of your time. You're ahead of your time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's yeah. great. So thank you so much for calling in and giving the update. Sometime this yeah. year, we'll, you know, think of another subject that, because like I said, you always throw things out. Uh, you know, we'll have you back on and talk about something else. You know, I always. Well, be, before I go, I got yeah. one thing to tell you. Yeah. Just before I came down here, yeah. her text went off. And? And he says, can you pick me up at this airport tomorrow morning and take me to this other airport? And of course they're going to stop by the house. So, so also they're doing a part two. So wait, so she's picking him up. They're coming home. Where are you going? Do you leave the house or you'll be working? I, well, no, I, I have uh, an exercise regime that I do at that time of the morning. So Mm -hmm. I, I will be there. And then it depends upon how long he stays there before she takes him to the other, to the other airport. Uh, Right. Before I actually wind up being allowed to come back into the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, so you have something to look forward to. And when's that happening? Well, it, there's a 95% chance that it's going to happen tomorrow. He was trying to make the arrangements right. to, to have it happen. So oh, my we, God. We think that, we, we think that it's going to happen. And it it's just funny that all of a sudden, the day that, uh, that I'm supposed to do this call, it happens. Yeah. Does she ever listen like, to the, your episodes? Does she know that you call in? Uh, she listened to one, right? Yeah, and she does know that I call in. Yeah, uh, and uh, but uh, she she most of the time she's not there because she wants she wants me to not be able to uh, be able to say whatever I want to say. Yeah, 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 for to, sure. You know, mm-hmm. so it's and that's why I like her to be by herself because then she's not going to be inhibited thinking that you know I'm going to get upset about something. Right, and she does whatever, and there's no rules or regulations, right, or boundaries. The only rule is have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, be right. safe. <laughs> have yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So you're so it's supposed to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hopefully well, let me know cuz I'll put it on the intro like let me know how it goes. Send me an email. I'm going to Okay. I'm going to give a little that. update, right? I'm just going to like and just say what happened. Um yes. for sure because uh yes. people will want to know how how long do they typically hook up for? Like two hours, three, one hour. Depends upon what his schedule's like. I mean, she's she's stayed overnight with him on several occasions. Right. And uh, she's been with him for as little as a half an hour. So, from a half an hour to twenty four hours, I guess is the best way to say it. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, awesome! You're a lucky guy. Yeah. Do me a favor and please um, don't forget to email me what he does for a living. Can you please? I will do that. All right. Awesome. You're the best. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you, Kathy. And I enjoyed it. keep me posted what happens tomorrow. I will. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Uh, hey, Jay. Welcome back to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Um, you know, I love to do my Where Are They Nows in December, right? And I just aired somebody else that called in a couple years ago, right? And now you're another person that I haven't talked to in a couple of years. I remember you 
really well because you were one of my favorite calls. I love when I get on the phone with somebody and it goes in a totally different direction than I thought, right? And for your episode, you called in and you wrote in and you were like fucking hookers and guys, you were catfishing people, you were living a 100% double life, right? You used the Mm -hmm. word sex addict. And we talked a lot about that, right? It went from all these like sort of kinky stories of stuff that you were doing. And it turned into like kind of like a therapy session. I felt for you. I felt like you were definitely an addict. You like I said, you use that word first. I think people should really go back and listen to your first episode if they haven't heard it. That was in 2017 that we spoke. Was that three years ago? Do you remember? It was yeah, August three years ago. Yeah, and I felt really connected to you. I'm an addict. I quit stuff. You were doing things that you felt really bad about. That's always a warning sign to me, like, because change is going to happen. And if you don't sort of take control of it, then it might happen in a terrible way. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I always tell Mm -hmm. people, it's like the person who walks around complaining about their job all the time and then they get fired. It's like, well, you kind of brought that on, right? Um, cause like on some level you weren't happy. So, you know, things will happen. And I know, and this is not something I ever talked about on my show, but I'll bring it up now because we're going to get the update. I know that after we spoke and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I followed up with you. We did email afterwards. I told you that I had taken your advice and entered counseling. Okay. And then you actually also, you connected me with another guy who had been on your show probably two or three weeks after me. Uh-huh. And Maybe he was he, the one that got arrested. Yeah, go on. Oh, yeah. So he was a guy who I think that he, him and his wife had an open marriage, but he was um, hooking up with guys behind her back. Uh-huh. And I, I think the story I remember was just when he was in the military, like he was talking about like an orgy in the shower with uh-huh. the other guys. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and, and you had... I think you had connected us because you thought he should go into counseling too. And I'd already told you that Uh, I had. And so he and I talked about it. Right. So that you could really help him. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were, but when I spoke with you, you weren't, I mean, how long, I was not. Yeah. yeah, How long after we spoke, did you go and seek help and what, what was the catalyst for that? And what was going on that made you take that step? Because I think it's, important for other people to hear who are maybe like, you know, a couple steps behind you and living the life that you lived. Like I said, people should go listen to your episode. It's called Jay is a total sex addict. It's fascinating. Uh, you were really upfront about everything. And I think the one thing that stuck out to me was that you didn't feel good about what you were doing. So I feel like if there's, and there's got to be a lot of other people out there in the same position, listen to that episode. And then you're going to hear where he is now. Right. And this is when people come full circle that I love, you know, this kind of story. So what, so take like, let's start right after like we spoke and then get up to speed. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like 10 minutes into our, our call, the first time you had, you had me nailed down and you spent the rest of the rest of the time, um, telling me how fucked up I was and I needed to get counseling. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it was helpful. I yeah. 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 Tell me that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I wasn't in counseling then. And I don't know if you remember, I was pretty resistant to the idea. Uh-huh. Um, I probably, so 
I at at the time we talked. But I'm just going to tell um, you right now, and we'll sure. get right. I, I don't want to interrupt, but I want to. Rem- I, what I remember why you were resistant, and I because I think that this is the reason why a lot of people are resistant is because you had created like a persona of a really quote unquote normal person, right? You were like holding yeah. it together, like on the surface, you were like fucking fine right but deep down inside you were a total mess so you felt like oh if you decide to go to therapy your wife's gonna be like what's wrong with you you know and everyone would look at you like what the fuck's wrong and I think that's a a a a block for a lot of people right like how do I give it up how do I let people know hey I'm vulnerable and might need help and maybe there's I'm not so quote-unquote perfect right yes Mm -hmm. yeah that's right yeah I I mean I think it was like preserving, trying to hold on to me being normal for myself, maybe even more than for other people. But right, yeah. and right, of course. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, oh that's always uh, going to come back to like, that's really more how you feel about yourself. You may say, I don't want other people to think that, but it's really what you would think. And I think normal, it should be put in quotes because what I think people sure. are more normal who are flawed. Like that's more normal. That's like what life's about. You know, that's the human experience. You know, anyone that acts as if they're so perfect, like something's got to be going on there, right? <laughs> that's what I always yes. think. So I, anyway, I would agree. yeah, so go on. So, um, yeah, so when we talked, so you had brought up counseling. I was resistant to that. And I, what I said, I've actually listened to the, I listened to the episode twice in the last few days. Yeah. Um, I said that I was kind of, that, that I'm in the mental health industry. So what I meant by that was that I was like two weeks away from starting a master's program in counseling when I talked to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, just changing my career. Mm-hmm. And so. That's not I, that uncommon. Yeah, and so I, um, I, I, I started. I mean, you asked me at the end if I would. And I said yes, I would, and then I, I sought out a counselor immediately, and started uh, within a week or two after we talked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started my counseling program as well. Um, yeah, N- now- so pretty much immediately. Yeah, you're, were you were you lucky enough to find like the one therapist no. that was great right away? Because I always tell people it's really hard to find that one, but you have to keep trying because what happens I think also with a lot of people is they go out to find a therapist. The first one they meet, they go a couple times. That person sucks, right? And then they mm-hmm. get turned off to therapy. Like, you know, yeah. you have to find the right one. And you'll know that right one. I always say it's kind of like a boyfriend. Like you just know mm-hmm. immediately, you know, whereas you also know that it's not right immediately too, you know, and don't stay with that person. Do the work until you find the right person because uh, it, it might take a little time, but it's worth it. And I, that's why I just bring it up because I think a lot of people have tried it, they had a bad therapist, and then they think that's what therapy is, and it, it was a waste of their time, you know? So you didn't find yeah. the right one immediately? Uh, no, I went through four mm-hmm. in, a, in a couple months, and then I found one that I've been with for three years. Right. And was it a yeah. male or a female? Uh, she's a woman. Yeah, it's a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah the first four that I had, um, the three of them were just terrible, and the other one wasn't a good fit for me. I don't think she's a terrible therapist, but... Um, but the other three were horrible. Right. They're not, they're just not good therapists. So, yeah, and I think it's like yeah. anything. I'm sorry. I used to say it's the 80-20 rule. I think it's now it's like 90-10. I think 90% <laughs> of people in any profession aren't 
that great. And then you have the 10% that are like superstars, you know, like the real deals, you know, whether it's yeah. a doctor or a hairdresser or a colorist or a therapist, sure. you know, there's a lot of people out there that are just okay. And there's a lot of people that are fucking great. And like, I yeah. don't stop until I get the fucking great ones. Like I always have the best recommendations for people. Cause I have the best, I find the best of everything because mm -hmm. you know, I keep looking until I get it. And like I said, I think you, you know, the right, you know, that person when you meet them, cause they are very different, right. Than all those other ones. So you've been with your therapist for a couple of years now. So how is that yeah. process? Um, let's see here. So, I mean, two, two of the therapists that I had, pretty much fired me mm -hmm. um and so i was pretty hurt when i when i first saw her and i kind of came in it was like uh these therapists did all this shit i was kind of putting her on notice um blaming everybody else well why uh, did they fire <laughs> you yeah look i can tell you that um i mean these stories are fucking ridiculous too so um, like the first one, the first person I, I saw was, he was very old, which I had actually sought out an older man. I thought, you know, wisdom and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but he, I, I, I told him I'm a sex addict and he, uh, he decided that what I meant by that was the problem was I was wearing out my dick from masturbating too much, which then he said that and they also said something about pot, and he was like, "Oh, I've, I've been smoking pot for forty years." Oh, good. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, he lasted one, mm -hmm. and then I went to. Uh, so I let, you know, I didn't go back to him. And then the second one that I went to was a referral from a friend, and I, I, I thought he was pretty good, like the first three sessions, but he had lots of religious religious stuff on his wall, and so that kind of made me wonder at the beginning and then probably our third or fourth session um he was he was very much like he specialized in sex addiction and he had a very um specific route that he expected you to go to get involved in groups and all these things oh, so, right, so, right, right. Mm -hmm. so so i was resistant to that and he brought up something i'm not going to say what it was because i've told this story to people before mm -hmm. um he, he brought up something and i disagreed with him Right. And he yeah. said, oh, well, if you're not going to get on board, this isn't going to work. And he like this was halfway through the session. Mm -hmm. and, and he said and he ended the session like halfway through. And so I was like, what, what we, the fuck? Yeah. I'd be like, do I oh. get half my money back? <laughs> right. And yeah. So. So. Yeah, so I bounced. And then um, I went to a woman who I think is a good therapist. But I think that I was. uh triggering for her like i don't think that she could she was a uh, very you know, like feminist um oh, therapy, right so all your that, stuff that you fine. were doing yeah uh-huh yeah yeah that's fine and she so she wanted me like um you know she was working with me on um um seeing my misogyny and whatnot and i was like i don't i mean now i realize i didn't need somebody else to um help me feel any more shame than what i already had right you were um, there because you were you knew what you were doing was wrong you wanted to right. change it like you didn't you were doing probably enough shaming it to yourself yeah <laughs> there's, like, there's plenty yeah, yeah. that's not that's um, not cool 
Yeah, so she she let me go after like six or seven sessions because she was like, I don't think that I'm the right fit for you. And she was right. And I was pretty devastated when she let me go then. Yeah, it's a lot of rejection. (laughs) Yeah. And then the next woman I went to, I saw probably three times. And she was just like really new agey and into all this shit that I don't believe in. And so whatever. But now when you found this one, right, were you still actively sleeping with all the people that you were? Let's remind people like what the fuck you were doing. Sure. Yeah. So like prostitutes, sex workers, um, 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 like escorts, strippers. um, And then the other thing I was doing was just getting on on, uh, like fat life and meeting people and chatting all the time. That was like that was my biggest thing, mm-hmm. um, and no, I haven't. Um, so I, I, I told you the story about the stripper who I kind of like. You were obsessed you know, with. Yeah, yeah, I got infatuated with probably a month before we talked. Uh huh. Um, that's the last person that I've had any contact with in the last three and a half years. So did so, you stop right, like right yeah. after we spoke? I mean, you just yeah, never started with again. All, all, Stopped with all the in-person stuff. I did go to, that's not true, I did go to a strip club like a year later, mm-hmm. and and I fully intended to try and Hook um, up. sleep with a, you mm-hmm. know, with a stripper. Um, and I tried, um, but then we got to like the end of the night, and then the woman was like, uh, it became obvious she was expecting to get paid, and so. Um, and you didn't want to pay up? <laughs> no, nah, nah, I didn't want to pay. Right. Um, and so. Yeah, I, I haven't had any contact with any women. But um, let me, was that the not, last time, time you... I've been to a strip club. Right, but was that also uh, the last time that you had the desire to stray? You know, because like you said, you went yeah. fully intended to do something. Uh, uh-huh. Do you know why? Yeah, like, Do you know why? Were you under a lot of stress? Like, why at that point a year later did you feel like, <clears throat> oh, I got to go scratch um, this itch? Yeah, like that time? Um, I can't remember... Exact. I don't remember what the circumstances were mm-hmm. around that. Now, I mean, there. My wife was traveling, so there was like opportunity. Yeah. There, but I don't remember other than that. Right. Um, the like online stuff is still happens from time to time, but mm-hmm. much, much, much less frequently than it did before. I mean, the most the most dramatic change in my behavior happened from talking to you. Right. Like, just that. Um, everything dropped off completely after And that. why do you think? Uh, do you think it was because it was the first time that you were really, like, opening up? Do you think I was mirroring back and saying the things to you that you mm-hmm. needed to hear? Cause... Yeah, I, I mean, I looked through, I, like I said, I listened to the episode twice, and everything you said was, like, right on, and things that I've kind of, like, I thought they were realizations that I'd come to over the last three and a half years. I was like, uh, oh, Kathy, like, said this. <laughs> The first time she met me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, like everything you said was right on. I don't, I don't really like. Um, I don't call myself a sex addict, but that's just semantics and just like the way that I, I view it. I don't have any problem with me being called that, but that's just not the way I view it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I only really brought that up because it was like you when I remember when you sent me your email, there was yeah. like all these list of bullets of all these like crazy things you did. And at the end, it was like, I think I might be a sex addict. So I was like, sure. you know, I sort of sniff people out when I'm talking to them. Right. I just I like I get on most of the time with a total stranger. I don't really like to know anything of, you know, of the person. And I just 
go with it when I speak to them. But I look for opportunities and I look for different directions to go in depending on what someone's saying to me. Do you know what I mean? To me, you put in a little bullet on the bottom (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I'm a sex addict. You know, I'm going to try and get in there because addiction and all that kind of stuff is my favorite stuff to talk about because I could really relate. I've been there, done that, you know. And uh, so there was, like I said, that clue it was like a clue you know to mm-hmm. something inside of you i do believe when people call me somebody like you you know or people that are really living a double life whatever it is even some people that don't feel bad and need therapy but like th- that are ready to change like that's the part of you that calls me you know it's not so much me that's creating the change it's like you were ready for it like that the, and you would have never called into my show right if you weren't at that place Sure. Right. You yeah. were already there. I just, you know, kicked you along, but that's what you wanted, you know, and you found the right way to get it. I do believe this is all, yeah. all of this stuff is, you know, you're doing right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I said, do you feel like I was just mirroring back to you what you uh, already knew on some level or what you were ready for? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, you asked me early in the conversation, you were like, do you feel bad? I think about cheating. It's like, do you feel bad about that? And I said, yeah, I feel horrible about, horrible about it. I've never felt good about any of this. Then, yeah, that's yeah. always a big clue to me. I, that's something I always ask people. And I've said this a million times before. I think that everybody makes the, up their own rules and regulations, mm-hmm. right? Everyone has their own morals. They view things differently. You know, it depends on like how evolved you are, where you're at and your fucking growth you know of what's right and wrong for you someone could be cheating all their life and then all of a sudden doesn't feel right well the minute something doesn't feel right I think you shouldn't be doing it that's like a sign you know so whenever somebody tells me that you know I go into that because that's a fucking problem that means there's a conflict you have right within yourself and that's a warning and this I always tell people like if you're doing something that's like really fucking bad and you don't feel right about it if you don't change it you know, that change may come and happen for you, you know, for you. And so you could either walk out of that part of your life with your head up high and make those changes yourself, or you could, you know, walk out extra shamed, like get the person that gets caught cheating, the per- you know, the person that gets busted. You know, you don't want that to happen. And that mm-hmm. never happened to you, right? I'm assuming. I don't no. know. No, yeah, it hasn't. And you had, I mean, and you were doing a lot of things behind your wife's back, like you, you right? Uh-huh. I mean, you could yes. have been in a lot of fucking trouble. Yeah, I, I could have. Yeah. Right, yeah. but I think that you did at the right point. Like you decided to get out and change your life and save your marriage because what happens to a lot of people is they don't heed that warning. They keep doing yeah. it. They don't feel right. They get caught because on some level they want their life to change, right? And so then it does. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, but they have to, there's a lot of collateral damage, right? You didn't have that. And I know that you were, you know, your wife, you felt like was kind of suspicious or might have knew stuff. And I know that a big part of it was like, you Mm -hmm. didn't want to go to therapy because like, how would you explain it to your wife? Right. Yeah. And I remember, were you like a workaholic or I was like, kind of like pawned on that or like, you don't have to tell her what it's about. Right. Just say you want to go to fucking therapy. Like, did she ask questions? Was that a big problem for you to get over? It was not a big deal at all. Exactly. See? Yeah. Whatever I, whatever I told her, no, it was, it was, it was, not, it was a nothing, yeah. A big nothing burger. And right, yeah. that's what people don't understand. And that's why I ask these questions because, <laughs> you know, I think other people, you know, they, they create these blocks that don't necessarily exist, you know, just like fucking do it and 
I didn't feel like it would be a problem. I think it's more weird that someone's never been in therapy their whole life, you know, for anything, you know, (laughs) like, come on, we all need it maybe at one point or another. Um, You definitely needed it. Right. And uh, Uh, your wife was totally cool. Did you go one Mm -hmm. time a week? Have you been going one time a week? Um, I I did for a long time and I cut back and I'm back to one time a mm-hmm. week now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And now, um, yeah, go on. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, the, when we talked, that was the lowest point of my life yeah. at that point, mm-hmm. you know, um, well, you know, not just, I mean, the stuff that I was doing was related to other things that were going on in my life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like what? Um, so I had I'd left a really good job, and I had basically talked um, some people that I knew into making me a part owner of their business, mm-hmm. and then um, I I had not performed at all, and I just felt so horrible about doing this. Um, I felt like I was laying everyone down there, my wife, myself, um, and then just like existential questions right like about what the fuck am i doing with my life yeah how old um, were you at the time um let's see, so i would be like 41 right i think everyone has like really big turning points in their life at all different times right so this was a very big life change for you at that age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and then, yeah, you asked earlier, I think we strayed away from it about my current counselor, like what, yeah. um, what worked mm-hmm. with her. I mean, she's just been like, um, completely accepting, um, unconditional positive regard is the therapy term for it. She's been completely accepting of me the whole time, but she's also, you know, challenged me when she saw discrepancies between what I want in my behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, like in inconsistencies and in what I'm saying and the way I'm acting or, yeah. She puts you in check. Mm-hmm. Now, were you very yeah. honest when you had that one time that you went to the strip club and you had every intention? Like, did you bring that back to yeah, her and talk about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the next week. Yeah. I think right after I did. Right. There've been, Times I've held back a little bit. Um, if I've done something I didn't want to be doing, maybe mm-hmm. f- for a little while, but there's never been anything I've kept from her. Actually, I, I never have told her that that the women I've slept with are prostitutes. Really? Um, no. Um, I, I was actually thinking about that. <laughs> maybe that's something I should tell her. Yeah, why do you um, think you didn't? Do you think it was because the one before you was so damning about it or that you thought maybe just keep that shit out? Or do you have you yeah, have any clue? I told her a lot of bad shit. I'm pretty, right. <laughs> so pretty bad about Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, like you know, it's been three and a half years and I'm like, I, I'm, that's not something I'm concerned about anymore. Like I'm not. Yeah, I don't think it matters. It. You told her that you were with all these women, right? Yeah, you yeah. told her you were uh-huh. doing all this cheating. Does it matter whether you're paying or not? Maybe at right. the time it would have been something. I don't know, but I, it's like, listen, you've been successful at you know mm-hmm. correcting your behavior. You've been monogamous for so many years. You know, you don't see these women, whether you're paying or not paying. Yeah. You're not fucking other women. 
You did sleep with men, right? Were you sleeping with men? No. You, you were no, just, just like hooking up with them online? Was that the long, online yeah, stuff? Yeah, I would chat with them, pretending like I was a couple or a woman. Right. And, and that's still something that I do from time to time whenever I'm um, not doing a good job of being aware of uh-huh. my emotions, uh-huh. and, um, which is a difficult skill to learn whenever yeah. you've avoided your emotions your whole life. Yeah, right. And so, you know, it's been a um, progressive thing. I'm, I'm at this point, you know, it's less frequent and less involved than it ever has been. Um, so it keeps on getting better and better. Yeah, but, listen, I'm I quit drinking when I was 34 and 51. So what how many that's 17 years now, right? And I have to mm-hmm. say that even now, like you just see so much growth over time, right? And you're like, what, three or four years into like, you know, quitting your addiction, right? It's like mm-hmm. going sober, right? It's no different than the alcoholic. You put down whatever it was that you were checking out from, you know, or using to get out of reality. And so you you grow from there, from that point, you know? And yeah. and you five years from now, you'll be 10,000 times better than you are now, right? I mean, it just keeps... Yeah. It, you just keep getting better over time and it takes a while, but it really does make a huge difference to me. I always say like quitting alcohol. I've quit a lot of things and I've done a lot of, I've had a lot of changes in my life. Um, but nothing changed me more than that. Right. It was like, I always said it was like going from being in a totally dark room to like all the lights turning on. Right. You know, yeah. but it happens over time, but it was, it is very powerful and you do have to keep yourself in check because it takes a while to learn because really what I think addiction is all about and what most addicts are dealing with is like we just have a problem dealing with our intense feelings which are negative right I mean we don't mind feeling fucking happy right that's why whatever we're doing that's we're addicted to makes us fucking feel good right but it's the stuff that makes us feel slightly bad is like very triggering like you have to get away from a bad feeling and then what I always explain happened to me is like I just learned to sit through it and realize it's just a feeling. And, you know, it's uh-huh. easy to say, right, that's just a sentence, but it took a, a long time, right? It takes a, a long time to get used to feeling not right. It t- but then you start to see like, oh, I don't feel bad. But you realize it lasts for a day maybe or two days and you don't act out and you don't sabotage and you don't create other issues anywhere else. Like you just move on, right? And it's okay and it just uh-huh. breezes over, right? It's like a storm. And it comes and goes and you could sort of look at it as something, you know, it's just a feeling that you could step out of instead of live in it and, you know, make it bigger than it is. And then sabotage and all the other stuff. And that's what addicts do. Right. And that's what you're not doing anymore. But, you know, you're still but you're still going to feel fucking bad. Right. It's not like oh, you quit shit and you work on yourself and you get to a place where the no, there's no top of the mountain where uh, someone's happy all the time. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about the top of the mountain or being at peace or being whole is about being able to weather all the stuff that comes with life. Life is happy, sad, great, bad. It's all of that stuff, right? It's a matter of being okay with that stuff and being able to ride those storms regardless, you know, and with your feet on the ground, right? And that's where you're at now, I'm assuming. And that's only going to get stronger Mm -hmm. and better for you. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, everything you just said is what is the way I, yeah, that's the way I look at it now too. Right. And now, yeah. how has things changed with your wife? You're still married to her, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, things are much better, right? So, I mean, I, when I started, I looked at, like, 
that was the problem. What I was doing was the problem. Right? Yeah. And then I realized that and there's a bunch of other problems that I'm using this to cover, distract from. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mainly relationship problems, not just with her, but with lots, lots of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always thought that I had pretty good relationships with people, um, but now they're much better. Right, because you were able to identify. What were the kinds of problems that you were having that you didn't even realize? Um, like, let's see here. I just not being, not being open and vulnerable with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't realize that I was kind of a bully. Um, not <laughs> yeah. like the kind that yells at people or is violent or uh-huh. anything like that. Uh-huh. But I could be pretty intense and I have the ability to get anyone to shut the fuck up um, uh, yeah. without, without saying much yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I... That's what I've done throughout my marriage with my immediate family, with everyone. So, mm-hmm. And now, like, I, I don't remember ever, I don't remember if I asked this question or, you know, because mm-hmm. here you were, you know, you were married and you're having all this SEX with all these other people, mm-hmm. right? Was What was your sex life with your wife like then? And has it changed now that you took all those other people out of the picture and it's just <laughs> you and her intimate, yeah. you know, really intimate now? It's very different, sure. right? Sure. Yeah, um, I mean, it was okay before. The frequency really hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just keep getting older. Yeah. Um, um, but it's better. I mean, that was that was the other problem was that I had a lot of anxiety and shame around sex, which I was not also not aware of. Like I would have thought that I was pretty open minded and didn't at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's anxiety about um, sex with my wife. And um, yeah. So In what sense? Um, hmm. It's hard to pin down. Yeah, not like performance. Yeah. There's never any performance issues. Um I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I feel like I've been aware of this before, but it's not coming up to me right now. That's okay. You um, can't put it into yeah. words. You Like, you yeah, know yeah. that it was there, but you can't really, well, like, was mm-hmm. it just being intimate? Was it about being like, I don't know. Like, so how has it changed no. though now that yeah, you're with it, her? It, it's just more like, it's more worrying about was she, um, kind of, negotiating negotiating sex mm-hmm. not not in the terms of like um bargaining for it or anything but just like negotiating how we are going to do it right yeah like, so it's a pretty egalitarian relationship uh-huh and um yeah that was just awkward like figuring out how to talk about it how to what we both wanted to do and so we've become much more open and and we incorporate like some of the fantasies that I've had that it turns out she was also into. But How that, awesome that also, is that? Yeah, it's a long and difficult process to do that. And did your therapist help you that? Was that like 
And so yeah, what do you think was did. the biggest takeaway from that? Was it like if you're so, cause I always think other people are listening, right. And learning from what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. So how, and there's so many people, whether it's women or men out there that have maybe secret desires. Right. And I think after you've been with someone for so long, I mean, some people would think, Oh, cause you know them for so long. It's so easy to tell them what you're into. But I think if you haven't from the get go, right. How do you say 10 years into it? Oh, by the way, yeah. I'm really fucking into this. It's almost harder, right. Than to put it all out there with someone totally new. Um, so how did you start to bring up your fantasies and what you were into and figure out that she was into them as well? Um, I, I kept on asking her and insisting that she tell me what her fantasies are first okay, before, before I would open up Yeah, because I was scared of her rejecting me and like that was difficult for her mm-hmm. to do. And so those were just like difficult talks that we kept on having until they became easier and until we were both willing to be more vulnerable and talk about what we what we wanted, what we wanted. And so what were like some of the first things that she told you that she was interested in that she put out there? Um, let's see here. Yeah. I mean, so like the main thing it turns out for both of us is like her being with two men. Mm -hmm. Right. Which isn't something we do. That's just fantasy. Right. It's not something you'd go do. We talk about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got that. Uh huh. Um, yeah, so that that turned out something we were both interested in. Right, and so you guys so mock that thing. up, right? Like yeah. you fantasize about that while you're with each other, and mm-hmm. it winds up being hot for the both of you. Yeah, and then the other thing that's more recent is just being me being more dominant and not in the, basically just me taking control in the, in the bedroom, telling her what to do and. Not, not with any of the, um, you know, not here like the BDSM stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just me being the one that, and just us doing like the normal stuff that we would do anyways. Yeah. But me, t- me being the one that tells her so that there's less of that negotiation. Right. right. So that's what the anxiety before was that you were yeah. worried she wasn't going to go the places you wanted to go. Now you just like fucking tell her. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Which probably for a lot of other people is just natural. Right. But probably for mm-hmm. and people would be like, well, how hard is that? Right. But that's not what you guys. That's not how it was with you guys. You were like pussyfooting right. around certain things. Right. And I think yep. more of communication about sex probably helped that. Right. There was a lot yes. of things. I'm sure there's a lot of couples out there that have that same or a lot of men out there that have that same anxiety. And I think it is it does have to do with keeping a lot of the stuff that you're like, quote unquote, secretly into. Right. Mm-hmm. Sort of in another place because of the fear of being rejected for her, too. Right. I mean, like, I think yeah. a lot of women because of the stigmas that are attached to women being, quote unquote, promiscuous or slutty, you know, are, are pretty afraid to really put all their stuff out there. I can't tell you when I have like women callers and like I had a woman caller on recently, Jessica, and you should have seen some of the, and she had like a bucket list of all these things sexually she wanted to do. She was like a young girl that just got divorced and was like living out all her fantasies and trying different things. out. And the judgy shit that people put on her, you know, Mm. and same with my other female callers. And so I think that that uh, can be, 
you know, especially for women, right? For a woman to admit to a guy like, oh, I wish I could get fucked yeah. by two guys, but not something in real life. I like that fantasy too, but it's nothing I would ever do in real life. It's been proposed to me. I've always said no. I would never. I wouldn't feel right about doing it in real life, right? But I like the thought of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And which is fine. And I think but I think that it is very scary for somebody to put that out there, especially to their partner that they've been with for a long time or even to a new partner, because because of the fear of what someone's going to think and think that that means, you know, Mm -hmm. and not understand and maybe not even understand that concept. Like you clarified it to me like this is not something we'd ever do in real life. Like I get that. I think, you know, a lot of times fantasy just because you have a fantasy or something that you like to think about, it doesn't mean that it's something that you want to do in real life. And it's not bad if it is something that you want to do in real life. Right. But it can also be something that you're just interested in doing in like a mocked up scenario, like in a fantasy situation. Um, And so and that's okay. And that's, Okay, and that's real. You know what I mean? Like that's a thing mm-hmm. that people can do. And and when you could live out those fantasies with each other, boy, does that fucking help, right? Yes, it does. You know, and do you yeah. think that has to do with? So is sex with her ten times better than it was before? Um, it's yeah, it's it's a lot better. Right. Yeah. And so does she see the changes in you? You know, because of therapy and everything. Oh yeah. She yes. does. Yeah. And as far as your career, because I know that you said like, in you know, a couple of years ago when you were hitting rock bottom, you know, mm-hmm. things weren't so great. I mean, has your yeah. career been more? Are you you're a therapist now or what's your deal? I am. Okay. So you have your own yeah, practice? Yeah, I'm a therapist. Um, yes. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I, um, yeah. So I went to school and then I, I left that. I, I was still working at that place, but I left there. Um, and then, yeah, after I was done with school, I became a therapist. Mm-hmm. And do you specialize yeah. in addiction? Like, do you specialize in anything or do you have people that come in that talk <clears throat> about stuff mm-hmm. like yeah, this? So, yeah, I, I, I'd say I, spe- I specialize in, um, in marginalized groups of people. Mm-hmm. So sexual minorities. So yeah. LGBTQ people, mm-hmm. um, secular people, or a mar- marginalized group in my area, mm-hmm. um, and um, people that are into kink or poly or swingers. Right. The, those are the people I see. Right. That's great. And like yeah. you could, what I think is always really helpful is if some, you know, because listen, you could learn about stuff from a book. And I think there's plenty of therapists out there that are like fucking killer that never had to live the life to, you know, help other people. But I do also think the fact that you are, you know, like maybe, you know, these people that you're helping at some point, you know, you could refer back, you're talking from, I don't know that you admit to that with them, you know, but no. you're, yeah. you, you do understand it on a certain level, mm-hmm. you know? I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really, like, I don't, I don't see many clients yeah. who are like I was, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do have, I do have some clients who, um, yeah, do sexual things that they don't like, but most of, most of my clients are coming to me just because they know that I'll be accepting of them and then it doesn't have anything to do with sex at all. Right, right, it's right. It's about, yeah, like other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I, mean, I live in the Bible Belt in uh, um, 
And you don't so, have to say exactly where, right? But you live in a place yeah, that's yeah. like a Bible belt. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so uh, there's a large percentage of the counselors here are Christian counselors. Right. Um, oh, and actually, this, so this is something that I want to mention on here is I did want to give some advice to your listeners yeah. on finding a counselor if yeah. they're, if they're, and um, so my advice is um, there are different databases. There's the poly-friendly counselors. There's the kink-friendly counselors. Um, no, it's, that's not right. It's poly-aware professionals, kink-aware professionals, yeah. bio-aware professionals. Yeah. And then um, the other thing would be the Secular Therapy Project. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good place to find open-minded people. And then if you just go to psychology today, I would look for people who are, whether you are or not, I'd look for people who are LGBTQ affirming, um, kink affirming, um, there's sex worker aligned therapist, but like, you know, those are all good signs that you're going to find somebody who's pretty, um, affirming and open. Right. And not going to be judgy. I mean, there's, that's yeah. the worst thing. I mean, I, I, to me, they should just be, you know, sort of listening yeah. and not unbiased. You know, it's kind of like the way newscasters used to be, <laughs> you know, deliver right. the fucking news without any emotions. Like, you know, just yeah. tell me the deal. Like, I don't want to know your opinion. And, you exactly. know, I, I don't really want to know about, you know, if you're paying somebody for 45 minutes of your time, you know, don't talk about your fucking self. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no one wants to hear about that. You know, it's about the other person. Right. Um, and so you shouldn't really know that much about your therapist. I mean, I've, I like when I found my last therapist, I don't have a therapist right now, but my last therapist was like fucking amazing. And, uh, I went to, I think she was the fifth one. I went through four before I found her too. And she was really great. You're always going to have a hint of something maybe that somebody has, you know, maybe a teeny Mm -hmm. bit of like, you, I don't know. I always felt like there was something going on with her with guys, like something triggered her a little teeny bit. But besides that, I mean, she was really like the real deal and just really helped without going into tangents about herself, but non-judgmental, not, you know, like you said about your lady, like really sort of understanding and accepting of where you're at maybe sometimes gives you a push in the right direction Mm -hmm. right but uh and and that's the way it should be I mean that's the way I listen I always wanted to be a therapist when I was younger but then I was like I found out that like you're not allowed to tell people what the fuck to do and really be opinionated (laughs) like I (laughs) and I was like oh no I can't do that I like to shove my opinions down people's throats I like to you know, sort of call someone out or shove that mirror in front of their face. I mean, that's really why I started to do my show because I was always doing that in my life with my friends. And, you know, a lot of times people don't want to hear that, you know, or they're just not ready for it. They're just calling you to talk and they want you to feel bad. And it's hard for me to be that person, you know, because I like to sort of help somebody at that time, like that time where you were three years ago, the lowest point where you needed that. Like, I love those moments in people's life. I think they're profound, you know. Um, I, like I said, when I talk to people, I look to see if they're at that place. I think a lot of people who call into my show are at a pivotal place, right? I think that's the only reason why maybe you think or have the desire to go on a show like this and do that. You know, and I do believe that I help people because of that. And that's why I got into just no different than you're helping people, right? Like you're uh, in your profession. It's very 
sort of satisfying, but I get to shove my things in people's face that one time and, but then send them off to therapy because I believe in that so much, you know, and, and I always tell people like, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a great friend that's telling you things or, you know, you were on my show and I told you great things, a therapist and real therapy is going to be something totally different and something very professional and real and really helpful and it's ongoing and it's something that people need, you know? And so, and I love doing, I always do my, where are they now episodes? You're going to be, I'm going to wrap it up now so I could put other where, like, you know, a couple more on this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love to see where people are after I speak with them. You know, I think it's great where you're at. I think people will learn from your call. That's what I always think. Like I said, I ask my questions because I think other people are listening and wondering, you know, because maybe they're at that same place, you know, whether they're a quote unquote sex addict or an addict of anything, you know, I don't think whether, whether you're drinking, fucking, working and you're too into Jesus, you know, it's, it can mm-hmm. all be the same thing, right? Go yeah. back and listen to your episode. And you, so I personally think that quitting any addiction is really major. I know how difficult it is. It's so hard, you know, and uh, the fact that you did it, I give you total props. Did you do it Thank without you. going to any kind of like <clears throat> meetings or anything like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the, the one therapist I've told you about, he was really pushing that. And then my, I think my therapist too was actually a little, like I, I was the first, I was the first, um, person that was coming to her for yeah. that, that she'd ever seen. And I was also the first like mental health professional yeah. type person that yeah. she'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, and she, she's quite a, she's like 10 years younger than me. Yeah. Um, and she, I, I think she was definitely like consulting with other therapists and looking for best practices. And she tried to push me towards like a meeting, um, right? Yeah. Meetings. Mm-hmm. And I, I was never, never interested or willing to do that right. at all. So, but you were successful because you were in yeah. like hardcore therapy and you were really looking at yourself and, you know, mm-hmm. probably doing a lot of the things that they would have told you in the meeting. Uh, to do but you've been successful without and I think that that's interesting you know I think listen I think programs really work for the majority of people but for some people that it doesn't work there you can be successful without it you know Um, but it's there and in place for people that need it and it does really help but also Mm -hmm. like really good counseling and really good looking at yourself in the mirror every fucking day and being honest with where you're at and getting a little help right is all beneficial yeah right and uh, yes. so thanks so much for calling in, Jay, and giving me yeah. this update. I know it's only, you know, good things ahead. It just will get better yeah. and better for you. You know, you'll look, you'll listen to back on this episode two years from now and be like, wow, I'm even now I'm even further along, you, you know, sort yeah. of dealing with things, you know, because that's what happens when you start really doing the work and just mm-hmm. you not, you know, abandoning how you feel or running away every time you don't feel bad is work, you know, and the fact that you've been doing it for three years just will only help you. And when you're five years, 10 years, you just become more emotionally mature, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, and that'll show. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. My son just like looked at my room. Um, so anyway, thanks so much for calling in and, you know, yeah. and giving the update and I'm so happy for you. Well, thank you, Kathy. I mean, you were a major part of of 
me changing. So I, I appreciate I'm very grateful to you. I fucking love that. Like I said, I promise you that is why I started my show. Really, because I like to help people and a lot of my friends didn't want my help. You know, you can't help someone that doesn't, you know, yeah. people aren't, it's not because my friends are wrong, but sometimes people aren't at that place. Is that what they fucking want? Now that I have my, sure. like I could find those people because those people find me, right? I don't, that's why a lot of people sometimes will be like, why don't you go get this person on your show? Or why don't you have, like, you know, I found somebody here and they're on Instagram and maybe you shot them on your show. I was like, I never have good conversations with people that I've ever asked to be on my show but people who want to be on my show who find me you know that's a big difference or people you know I don't want to harass anyone that hasn't you know I don't know if I found you on Craigslist because I did email people on Craigslist yeah but, <clears throat> I, I sent you an email right yeah. but it's the yeah. people that find me there's a very big difference there's a there's a reason why I do it that way and it all works and I don't think I consciously set it out all up in like I didn't do it where people are anonymous. I didn't do it where only people call right into me. Like all of those things sort of happened by accident. But after I do my show for six years, all of those things are the reason why my show works so well. You know, the whole anonymous thing was set up because I was thought my show would suck and I didn't want to anyone to know it was me. So I was anonymous at first, but then mm. it turned out like I made all, and I only put on Craigslist. I got, and I'm like, I'll make you guys anonymous. And then it became this whole thing. So, you know, it all works, uh, for a reason. And, you know, you emailed me because you were at that place. I fucking love that I could talk to you, that I helped you in that way, because like I said, that's why I did my show. So thanks for letting me know that. I'm so happy for you. And let me know two years from now where you're yeah. at. We'll talk again. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you one more thing, yeah. Kathy, real yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah. So another story that I told you about before was me reaching out to this ex-girlfriend I'd had in college. Uh -huh. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't interested in her at all. Yeah. Like it was just part of this whole thing. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, so recently she sent me a message. Yeah. It was like like she's testing the water with me. Oh no, and, and? yeah, this was very recently. Um and so I, I told as I mean as soon as I got it, I told my wife. Yeah. Um that I just got this message and it, she was pissed that this woman was contacting me. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just like I she was asking me some weird, stupid question. So I just answered the question and then whatever but anyways you know you knew no but that was smart but yeah isn't that funny that people do stuff like that look you were doing it at yeah. one point of her and then she was having a moment in her life where she was fishing around to you so you yeah, know yeah. you could kind of understand but i think the best thing to do with stuff like that is just to uh you know don't start it up you stopped yeah. yourself in your track by telling your wife and that was it and it, it ended whereas all you needed to do was give her, like, show her that there was a window of opportunity and she would have pounced, right? That's what she was feeling you out for. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. that's where trouble starts, right? Yes. That's like the yep. beginning of, that could have been the beginning of trouble. Yes. Because and you that's what your catfishing was like that's was a little bit of your catfishing. Like you would play women, like it was kind of fucking uh, yeah, she was the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. you were going yeah. towards. I mean you were doing that, I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't right. Well, that's good news. Thanks yeah. for all of the updates and thanks for calling sure. in and let me know in two years where you're at. Good luck. All right. With everything. I will. All right, thanks, Jay. All right. Bye, Bye Kathy. Bye.